0: With Richard Holdridge. What's up everybody? Welcome to my podcast. You know the name of the podcast. It's called The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And always, I am your host, Richard Holdridge. We have got a great show for you on this Friday morning as we get ready for the weekend. I am very excited about this show. Gonna recap the Falcons Patriots game last night. Boy, was that terrible for the Falcons. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, the Falcons go out and display that embarrassing performance against the team that beat them in the Super Bowl after coming back from a 28-3 lead. And congratulations to Russell County High Basketball for getting the victory over Beauregard. Just a reminder that the first game that I'm going to be calling will be against the same Beauregard team on December the 1st up at the Russell County High Gymnasium. And congratulations to the Lady Cougars for cruising by Albany State in their home opener. Great job by head coach Matt Hauser and the Lady Cougars. And of course, as always on these Friday shows, I have my high school football preview show for the playoffs. Round three in the state of Alabama and round two in the state of Georgia. That is always going to be fun. And I have my college football and NFL preview show. Well, let's get right into the show. After that embarrassing performance by the Atlanta Falcons losing to the New England Patriots 25 to nothing, I really don't know what to say anymore. This Atlanta Falcons team has been embarrassed twice in one week. And it's not All on Matt Ryan. Stop blaming Matt Ryan for this. Look, I'm going to break it down to you because Bill Belichick is a defensive wizard. And what does Bill Belichick do best? He takes away your best weapon. So if the Falcons, all they have is Kyle Pitts and that's their best weapon, he's going to blanket him and cause Matt Ryan to try to beat you with his other receivers. And the Falcons got a little cute trying to pass on a third and one. The penalty backs them up, and they miss the field goal. In the second half, the Falcons went for it on fourth down. They had a third and one. They ran the ball. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it on fourth down. That is just bad play calling. And their offensive line is terrible. And I don't understand how this could happen when you draft offensive linemen in the first round, like Caleb McGarry. Chris Listrom and Jake Matthews all drafted in the first round. I expect a better performance from the offensive line. Now, don't get me wrong. The Falcons' defense played pretty good. Had an interception by A.J. Terrell. They had three sacks. I was impressed. And the Patriots were only winning 13 to nothing. Let's not get it twisted. The Patriots are not a dynamic offense. I think they're going to struggle because they do not have a deep threat at the wide receiver position. And Mac Jones is not going to chuck it past 20 yards. Mac Jones had a very efficient game. I can't believe I'm saying this, that Mac Jones actually outplayed Matt Ryan. But I watched that game from start to finish with optimism, hoping that the Falcons could actually have a display where they can make the city of Atlanta proud. That was embarrassing to see five minutes before kickoff that the Mercedes-Benz Stadium wasn't even full. I know that there's traffic in Atlanta, but it's a Thursday night. It's a big game, and the Falcons' home field advantage is non-existent. There was a point in this game when the Patriots were up 13 to nothing. I thought that if the Falcons can get some good drives in, they can make this a ball game. But their last four possessions of the game were all interceptions. Two by Matt Ryan, then Josh Rosen comes in. Because Matt Ryan was done. He was banged up. He got sacked a couple of times. How big was that for the Patriots? And the Patriots are now in the Falcons' head. After 28-3, the New England Patriots have dominated the Falcons the last two times they played them. I remember that Sunday night game the year after the Falcons and Patriots played in the Super Bowl. And that was dominated by the Patriots. This game, dominated by the Patriots. And the Falcons had... Their opportunities. Of course, Josh Rosen comes in, garbage time, throws a pick six, and then Felipe Franks comes in, and he throws an interception. If I were Arthur Blank, I would be absolutely ashamed that I even considered hiring general manager Thomas Dimitrov back in 2008 and I feel that he got a pass because he drafted Matt Ryan. And I think Matt Ryan has been a great quarterback. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame one of these days. But he's been the best consistent quarterback the Atlanta Falcons have ever had. Remember, back in 2008, the Falcons were in turmoil in 2007. Bobby Petrino left for Arkansas. And this team was left for dead. Michael Vick was in prison because of dog fighting, And their quarterbacks were... Joey Harrington, Byron Lefwich, Chris Redmond. I mean, it was terrible. And then comes Matt Ryan, and on his first pass against, I remember this, it was against the Detroit Lions. His first pass was to Michael Jenkins for a touchdown. Matt Ryan had a very promising rookie season because the Falcons had a decent team. They had pretty good players on defense. They had John Abraham, they had Keith Brooklyn, they had Lawyer Malloy. They had a very good defense. And there were some good draft picks that did very well. Curtis Lofton was a good middle linebacker. They just couldn't afford him. William Moore, I thought, was a pretty good safety. Brent Grimes, a very good cornerback. He made the Pro Bowl, but the Falcons let him go to, to Miami. 2008, they make the playoffs. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals. They lose that game. The Cardinals eventually go on to the Super Bowl. You all know the story. Kurt Warner leads another team to the Super Bowl. 2009. I actually went to like two games because a friend of ours had season tickets. Gave me some of the season tickets. I went to see the Falcons take on the Carolina Panthers. that year. This is the first year that they got Tony Gonzalez. And I thought that this team was going to be better than the 2018. Well, they went 9-7. and seven. They missed the playoffs. Matt Ryan was injured in two of those games. And of course, Matt Ryan... The Falcons 0-2 in those two games that Matt Ryan missed. All right, so 2010 is when they went 13-3. and They had home field advantage, and they get whacked by the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the playoffs. 2011 is the Julio Jones year. The Falcons make the playoffs again, but they play the Giants on the road. They lose that game 24-2. They get cute with going for it on fourth down multiple times. But I thought that the 2011 Falcons were more dynamic than the 2010 Falcons because they got Julio Jones. We all know about 2012. They get the number 1 seed again. They host the NFC Championship for the first time in Atlanta history. I was at that game. They took on the San Francisco 49ers, had a 17 to nothing lead on the 49ers, and they were five yards away from going to the Super Bowl. And of course, Navarro Bowman with that controversial possible pass interference call on Roddy White. I really don't know. I think it was. I remember I talked to Harry Douglas. I ran into Harry Douglas about a couple years ago. He does not want to talk about that game. I told him I was at that game, that I was a 49ers fan. I shouldn't have said that. I really shouldn't have. Harry Douglas, a great guy. I was glad I got to meet him. I got a photo with him. I could put it up on my Twitter page if you want to see it. But, yeah, he does not want to talk about that game. That was heartbreaking. 2014 a lot of expectations. The Falcons got Tony Gonzalez back for one more year. They go 4-12. and They had a lot of injuries. They had a very tough schedule. And then the following year, they go 6-10. and At the end of the season, they have a shot at winning the division. Carolina won the division at 7-8-1. and And the Falcons have a shot to win the division. Then Mike Smith gets fired. In comes Dan Quinn. The 2015 season, this is the first season of Kyle Shanahan's offense, and the Falcons start out 5-0. I remember that year, the Falcons had a notorious problem for turning the ball over in the red zone. We all know 2016, they reached the Super Bowl. That was a very special year. Everything seemed right with the world, because the Falcons had a very dynamic offense because of Kyle Shanahan's creativity and schemes. But they also had a very good team put together. And I'm not necessarily saying it's all because of Thomas Dimitrov. He had some brilliant minds in the front office. And also, you got to remember, Dan Quinn was a defensive head coach. He brought in his defensive players, players that were physical, like Keon O'Neal. I thought they got a pretty good draft pick in Deion Jones. And, of course, Grady Jarrett. They had some good picks. Vic Beasley had his best season as a pro. And then the Falcons... Went to the Super Bowl. We all know the story. They blew the 28-3 lead over the New England Patriots. Patriots win it in overtime 34-28, to and I try to watch this game. It's hard to watch because every little detail, minute play that the Falcons make in this Super Bowl after the 28-3, if it went the other way, if they had maybe just a little bit more time, If they didn't burn that timeout, I still think the Falcons could have hung on and won that game. But it was really clear, you run the ball three times and you kick the field goal. Especially when Julio Jones is down at the 23-yard line. That's neither here nor there. That is almost just irrelevant now. So where was I? Yes, 2017, they make it back to the playoffs. Dan Quinn's defense is now a top 10 defense. But the offense is sputtering because Steve Sarkeesian is his first year as the offensive coordinator. But the Falcons lose to the Eagles in the divisional playoffs if Julio Jones makes that catch. The Falcons are in the NFC Championship again, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. So remember, 2017 is the last time they actually had a winning record. And they made the playoffs. 2018, 2019, 2020... Dan Quinn gets fired in the middle of 2020. Raheem Morris takes over as the interim head coach. And now you have Arthur Smith in the 2021 season. No expectations really whatsoever for the Falcons. They do have four wins, and they had pretty good success. But Calvin really wasn't in this game. Cordell Patterson wasn't in this game. And the Falcons do not have the dynamic offense that Matt Ryan wants to run. They have no running game. I know that Quadri Ellison had some good runs. I was really impressed. I was hoping that they'd just make him the featured back because Mike Davis is useless. He could not run the ball. The Falcons had their most success when they had a good running game with Michael Turner in the beginning of the Matt Ryan era and then with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. If they have... A dynamic running back that can run the football and actually get between the tackles because the offensive line has to make holes for the running backs. If the Falcons don't have a running game, you're leaving it all on Matt Ryan. And he cannot get the job done. I mean, he'll have some great throws, but it is not all on Matt Ryan. I know this last draft, everybody said, oh, they want to get a quarterback. We got to get Justin Fields. No, Matt Ryan is still a great quarterback. But they have to clean house. GM Terry Fontenot is the new GM. He's going to make some moves, and hopefully they can change this culture. I still think Arthur Smith could be a good head coach, but right now he's got a lot of issues. And the big issue he has is there's hardly any talent. There are some good players, but not a team with depth like what the New England Patriots have on defense. That was probably the greatest defensive performance I ever saw from a Bill Belichick defense. They knew what they were doing as far as getting to the quarterback and blanketing Kyle Pitts and their schemes and everything, and the Falcons are shut out for the first time since 1988 at home. Absolutely embarrassing. They have a couple of days to prepare. They have a couple of extra days to prepare, and then they will travel to Jacksonville next week to take on the Jaguars. Hopefully, the Falcons can get a win. And they could bounce back. Congratulations to the Russell County High School Varsity Boys Basketball Team for getting the victory over Beauregard, and they are now two and zero on the season. They will travel to Bullock County in Union Springs, Alabama, today, and then they will travel to Campbell next week. Their first home game will be December the first against this same Beauregard team that they played last night. They were just dominant from start to finish, winning the game 64-23. to 23. I got to tell you, I am excited that I get to be the public address announcer for Russell County High Basketball. They got a brand new renovated gymnasium, and the first couple of weeks of December is going to be busy for me. I'm calling five games in a two-week span, and I'm looking forward to it. The first game is going to be December the 1st. Then December the 4th, they take on Central, and that is going to be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to it. So congratulations to the Russell County Boys Varsity Basketball Team. That was a great night in the Lumpkin Center on Wednesday night as the Lady Cougars dominate from start to finish over the Rams of Albany State. 93-43. to uh, You know, I was coming home from work. You know, that game was early, like most of the the collegiate women's basketball teams. They're usually right before the men's team. And I was listening to the game on 88.3, and the legendary play-by-play announcer, Scotty Miller for Columbus State Athletics, did a great job. And I just want to say to Mr. Scotty Miller, if you need a color commentator or somebody to do a podcast together to talk about Columbus State Athletics, I'm game. So, I'm just throwing that out there as I am trying to network and get my name out there in the Columbus market, the Chattahoochee Valley market, to include Phoenix City, Opelika, LaGrange, Albany, you name it. I'm ready to get out there and show off my talents. The 20 years of broadcasting. I am thrilled to announce that we have high school football tonight. And yes, it is official. The WTVM high school game of the week. surprised that it is Central versus Auburn tonight at Garrett Harrison Stadium. The semifinals. The winner will go on to the state championship game in Birmingham on Wednesday, December the first. Central is trying to get back and win the state title for the first time since 2018. Auburn made it all the way to the state championship last year after beating Central in the semifinals. However, they lost to Thompson, who has won the last two state titles for 7A in Alabama. On the other side of the bracket, it is Thompson and Hoover. Hoover has already beaten Thompson this year. Can Thompson 3 This is the talented 7A program out of Alabaster, Alabama. It is getting excited for 7A. Now going on to 6A where Opelika will take on Hueytown. Opelika had a very impressive victory over Spanish Fort. You know the Bulldogs of Opelika started the season 0 and 2. And then when they traveled to Phoenix City and lost to Central, they were going into that game against Russell County and they were 3 and 3 on the season and something just turned around. Whether it was the game against Russell County or it was the game against Lee where they won it in overtime, the Bulldogs' Opelika are poised, and head coach Eric Spreakman is poised to get his group of players to the state title for 6A. And that would be a huge accomplishment for Opelika and the region and for the Bulldogs and all the fans that support Bulldog football. We have another intriguing matchup in high school football in the state of Alabama. The Panthers from Lynette High School. They've had an incredible season. But they will continue their incredible season by taking on Highland Home. The Panthers come into this contest 10-2. And they are looking to win yet another state title for 2A in the state of Alabama. Moving on to the state of Georgia, as I will just focus on the teams from the Chattahoochee Valley. We do have some teams left. The Carver Tigers will host, the Carver Tigers will host Hapeville Charter at Memorial Stadium tonight. Carver's coming into this contest 9-1. We have the LaGrange Grangers that's continuing to push through in the playoffs. And they will take on Marist tonight at 7-30. Their defense showed up in the first round of the playoffs after defeating Baldwin 19-0 last Friday night. So good luck to the Grangers of LaGrange. In 5A, Harris County is in. Set to take on Villa Rica. That is going to be a very good game. The Tigers of Harris County started the season one and three, but they have finished strong and they are trying to get into position to take on a Villa Rica team that's eight and two on the year. After an impressive win over Dutchtown last week, 56 to 35, the Harris County Tigers are looking to represent the Chattahoochee Valley. I do not want to forget. Callaway High School, after winning against Peprell 29 to 22 last week, they will travel to Cochran, Georgia to take on the undefeated Blackley County. The Royals come into this contest 11 and 0 and Callaway, the defending double-A champions for the state of Georgia, are trying to repeat And they came off with a very impressive season after knocking off teams like Opelika, Troop County, and Hardaway. Very talented teams at 4A and the 6A level. And Callaway is hoping that they can knock off the upset against Blakely County. And of course, I cannot have a high school football show without mentioning the St. Ann Pacelli Vikings. Now this is a team that is single A private in the state of Georgia, they won their first playoff game last week for the first time since 2006. They will travel this Friday night to take on Fellowship Christian. St. Pacelli comes into this contest 8-2 and Fellowship Christian is 10-1 on the season. So we got high school football all over the Chattahoochee Valley. And I know with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, some of these teams are going to have a break. You know, I'm a big fan of brackets. I love brackets. I love brackets, especially in college football. But we got round two matchups, the quarterfinals for the state of Georgia. The quarterfinals begin November the 26th. So if Carver is able to beat Hapeville Charter, Carver will take on the winner of Doherty and Riverdale. And they will play on November the 26th. So a nice Thanksgiving weekend. And then, of course, the semifinals will be done the week of December the 3rd. Then, of course, the championships will be from December 9th through the 11th. The schedule has been yet to be determined because they will be playing those games in Atlanta, and they've got to set the matchups. All right then, college football this weekend. I'm not really that big of a fan of these teams in the SEC taking on cupcakes. I would like to see them go to nine conference games. That way we can have some big matchups. You got Georgia taking on Charleston Southern. Georgia should be able to dominate this game. There's no question. You also got Prairie View taking on Texas A&M. Tennessee State taking on Mississippi State. New Mexico State taking on Kentucky. Who is coming up with these games? I admit, the Arkansas-Alabama game is intriguing, and I'm going to watch it. That's the CBS game at 3.30. I think Arkansas has a shot at keeping it competitive you got Florida and Missouri. If Florida loses this game in Columbia, Missouri, Dan Bowling is done as a head coach. Auburn, T.J. Finley is going to get his first start against South Carolina. That's a hostile environment. South Carolina is trying to get to a bowl game with first-year head coach Shane Beamer. It's not guaranteed that Auburn is going to win that game. Then you got Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. That should be an easy win for Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels as he is trying to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. That would be huge for Lane Kiffin. You don't think Lane Kiffin is going to jump ship and try to get another job? He is the hottest head coach right now in the country. South Alabama is taking on Tennessee. Tennessee should be able Tennessee should be able to get that win and get bowl eligible. And then LSU is backed into a corner at four and six, taking on Louisiana Monroe. I tell you, they got to win this game if they want to have a shot at becoming bowl eligible because next week they take on Texas A&M. So we've got a mixed bag of SEC matchups. Some are cupcakes, some are intriguing matchups. It's all in perspective. Now we have our top 25 matchups and the game that everybody wants to see is Michigan State taking on Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 19 points. But what Michigan State has done this year, coming into this game, ranked 7th, they're 9-1 on the season. Head coach Mel Tucker just got an extension. He's done a great job for the Spartans. you got the matchup of two Heisman Trophy potential candidates. you got Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker and Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. This is going to be a very good matchup, and I can't wait for this game. Another game I'm looking forward to seeing is Wake Forest who's in the top 10 at 9-1. They are traveling to Death Valley to take on Clemson. Clemson is 7-3, and, and they are not ranked. Clemson has struggled all year, but they're still 7-3, and three, and there is still an outside shot that Dabo Sweeney can have Clemson in the ACC title game, and this season won't be completely lost. This has been a down year for Clemson. They're usually in the college football playoff, winning national titles, and getting at least... 11 to 12 wins but seven and three and this is a down year they still have a very talented team you got Iowa State taking on Oklahoma Oklahoma dropped all the way down to number 13 and I'm not saying that they're out of the college football playoff picture but it's not looking good for the Oklahoma Sooners they have to hope that chaos happens and they went out and beats Oklahoma State in Stillwater wins the big 12 championship and and hopes for other teams to lose, like Notre Dame, Cincinnati. They all have to lose in order for Oklahoma to get back into the conversation for the college football playoff. And, of course, Georgia Tech, 3-7 and seven on the year. That's another job I think Jeff Collins is going to be done as the head coach at Georgia Tech. Although the fan base, they're not trying to lure some coach over But Georgia Tech will travel to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. i tell you who would be a good coach for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets is Kennesaw State head coach Brian Bohannon. He was an assistant at Georgia Tech, and he runs the triple option. Georgia Tech just needs to do what they do best, run the triple option. I don't want to see Georgia Tech try to do a pro-style offense. You can't get the players in the state of Georgia to run a pro-style offense. That's why Georgia Tech has not won more than three games in a year. And Jeff Collins... He's done. He's done as a head coach. I've said this all along. You have Georgia State taking on Arkansas State. If Georgia State wins, they're going to a bowl game. So very impressive for the Georgia State Panthers. And then looking at some of these other matchups, SMU taking on Cincinnati. Is this the game that the Cincinnati Bearcats stumbles? And then they also take on East Carolina next week on the road. It's not guaranteed that the Cincinnati Bearcats are going to be undefeated and being in the college football playoff. You got Georgia Southern. Well, their season's done. They're three and seven. They're taking on a ranked BYU team. Clay Helton has been named their head coach. So they're looking forward to next year and possibly recruiting. Another big matchup Oregon taking on Utah. Oregon is third in the country. And this is going to be a very tough test on the road. They are a road underdog to the Utah Utes. He also got the battle of Virginia Tech versus Miami. Virginia Tech just fired their head coach, Justin Fuente. Miami's head coach, Manny Diaz, is on the hot seat. Miami's got to win this game and then win next week if Manny Diaz wants to keep his job. If the Miami Hurricane finishes strong, beating Virginia Tech this week and then beating Duke and then winning their bowl game, I think Manny Diaz is safe. But he still is on the hot seat. And then, of course... We have Kennesaw State Senior Night at Fifth Third Bank Stadium taking on Monmouth. The winner of this game will win the Big South and secure their spot in the FCS playoffs. We also have Mercer traveling up to Johnson City to take on the East Tennessee State Pirates. Mercer is 7-2 on the season. And then one more college football game, the NCAA Division II playoffs round one. The Wolves from West Georgia will take on the Rams of Albany State. And, of course, LaGrange College wrapped up their season last week. You know, I really was impressed with the LaGrange Panthers and their fan base getting about 2,000 fans per game, which was incredible at Callaway Stadium. It seemed like those stands had just a packed house. And now moving on to the National Football League. Starting with the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by seven. This really is a good team. Buffalo is 6-3, and and they have struggled, but they are one of the top teams in the AFC, and they also have the New England Patriots clipping at their heels. If the Buffalo Bills have a weakness, is they don't have a running game, although I was very impressed with Matt Breida last week. Indianapolis is also another good team. This is the rematch of the playoff game last season in Buffalo, it was a very close game. I think that Indy can make it close as well. Baltimore taking on the Chicago Bears. The Ravens have got to find a way to bounce back and get the lead. That was something they could not do on Thursday night against the Dolphins. They have an extra couple days to prepare You have two quarterbacks that are very similar, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. And the Ravens should be able to get this win. You have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Detroit Lions. The Lions are celebrating because they got a tie last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baker Mayfield says he is going to play. And the Cleveland Browns, if they want to salvage their season, they're going to have to get the victory here at home. You have another mismatch between the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans, but do not overlook the Texans. Tennessee's got a big week. Tennessee's got a big game next week against the New England Patriots. This is not a guaranteed win. Texans are a very tricky team. This is an in-division game. Tennessee's already lost to the Jets this year. you got to watch out for Tyrod Taylor. He is going to be the wild card here for the Houston Texans. And they still have some good players. Usually these teams that are this bad, sometimes they will play. Because these players don't want to give up on the season. They want to play strong to the end. So we'll see how it goes. Green Bay taking on Minnesota. Green Bay is a slight favorite. Aaron Rodgers has had trouble against the Vikings at Minnesota. This could be a very tricky game for him. And if Minnesota finds a way to run with Dalvin Cook, if Kirk Cousins can match Aaron Rodgers and get the ball out to his talented wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, I think that the Minnesota Vikings can win this game. And they are still in the conversation for the playoffs. So this is a must-win game for the Vikings. And I just don't know, Green Bay is a little off-sync after Aaron Rodgers returned. Yes, they won the game last week against the Seattle Seahawks, 17 to nothing. But I just think he's a little bit off. So we'll see if he can bounce back and get the win over the Vikings. you got two really bad teams going up against each other. The Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Jets. Joe Flacco has been named the starter for the New York Jets. These are two teams that are ran by defensive head coaches and they don't seem to have an offensive identity. The Jets are playing at home, but the Dolphins are favored you got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, i got to tell you, the Saints, even though they're in the playoff hunt right now, if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. I don't think the Saints are a playoff team. With Jameis Winston out for the season, you have Trevor Simeon leading the way, and he's just not a good quarterback. They're going to try to gadget with Tayson Hill. Still have a very impressive defense. This game is in Philadelphia. So this is one of those games where the Saints... If they're not too careful, they can lose this game. And the Eagles at 4-6 and six still have a shot at making the playoffs. They're not a bad football team. I think the Eagles have some good players. And Jalen Hurts can make plays with his legs. You have the Washington football team traveling to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers. And yes, Cam Newton is back. And he is on fire. He's going to get a lot of reps with the first team and he is going to start and I would like to see what Cam Newton does when he gets most of the snaps. Can he make the plays that he once did when he won an MVP with the Panthers in 2015? You got the San Francisco 49ers off a short week traveling on the East Coast to play the Jacksonville Jaguars at one o'clock. That is going to be an early start for the 49ers. They are... Just high on emotions with that 31-10 victory over the Rams. And they did it with the running game. And Jimmy Ward was back in the lineup. Not sure if Elijah Mitchell is going to play. The 49ers are favored by six. Yes, they are the better team. But this is a very tricky game because it is in Jacksonville. I expect to see a lot of 49ers fans in Jacksonville. The 49ers fans travel very well. And I think the 49ers will get the victory here. There's a possibility. There's a possibility that Dre Greenlaw and Jaquiski Tart could come back. Imagine this 49ers team that's healthy. They're back to being a playoff team. Not necessarily a Super Bowl team. I think you have to have every single piece running, working in sync to get back to the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure if Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he's done a very good job for Kyle Shanahan, he's been up and down this season, but I've been impressed with Debo Samuel, who is going to make the Pro Bowl and will be the first Pro Bowl wide receiver for the 49ers since Terrell Owens in 2003. you got the battle of two dysfunctional franchises going up against each other, both 5-4, and four, and the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. The winner, who cares? The Dallas Cowboys taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't look now. I know the Chiefs are 6-4. and four. I know they turned the corner, and I know they're favored in this game. But the Cowboys are the Cowboys, and they imposed their will on the Falcons last week. They are a good football team, and the Chiefs have some flaws. Yeah, they beat the Packers with Jordan Love. They beat a dysfunctional Raiders team last Sunday night. The Chiefs still have some things to work on. This is going to be a great game, though. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to watch this game. And then, of course, you have the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is going to come back for Arizona, take it on the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson was completely out of sync against Green Bay. And this is the season. This is the season for Seattle. Russell Wilson is going to have to find a way to win this game. They play the Cardinals very well, but the Cardinals seem to own the Seahawks in Seattle. It seems like the other way around, that the Seahawks end up beating the Cardinals in Arizona. So it will be an interesting game. And then the Sunday night game, Kind of wish they could flex this game out. I don't know why. The Steelers and the Chargers. This is the second time I remember where the Steelers played the Chargers on a Sunday night and they did not flex this game out. I would put the Cowboys and Chiefs in this game, in this slot. There's other games. The Colts and the Bills would be a better matchup. This is just, I cannot believe that they still have this game in this slot. Because both teams are not playing very well. The Steelers got a pathetic tie against the Detroit Lions. We don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a quarterback. We don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the starter for Pittsburgh. But Minka Fitzpatrick is out due to the COVID-19 protocol. And, of course, the Monday night game will be Danny Dimes taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are heavy favorites in this game. But the Buccaneers are trying to bounce back after that disappointing loss to the Washington football team. And here we go again. Turmoil for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Head coach Bruce Arians is already calling out Tom Brady for making some poor decisions. So I'm interested to see what he does. All right, last night in the NBA, I know I was watching that Falcons-Patriots game, but I glanced over into the NBA and I saw that the Golden State Warriors beat the Cavaliers 104-89. to First of all, Evan Mobley for the Cavaliers looks like he could be a candidate for Rookie of the Year. If you got the top rookies in the NBA right now, Scotty Barnes... Leading all rookies in scoring for the Toronto Raptors. Then you have Chris Duarte from the Indiana Pacers. He's looking like he's having a great rookie season. One thing I noticed it's the number one, the number one and number two picks in the NBA draft haven't really done anything. Kay Cunningham for the Pistons and Jalen Green for the Rockets have not done anything. So I'd like to see. More of them play. Congratulations to the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday night for picking up their third straight victory of the season by defeating the Boston Celtics 110-99. to And then Saturday, they will take on the Charlotte Hornets and LaMelo Ball, who's had a great season. The Hawks are 7-9 on the season. And if they can get a victory at home against the Hornets, they got the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday. They could get back to five hundred and back into the playoff hunt. This is a good team that just ran into a wall taking on some great Western Conference teams. I still think that Trey Young is the superstar that they need to build this offense around. John Collins is looking like he's going to be an all-star. But their role players like Bogan Boganovich, Kevin Herter, they've got to get hot. I want to see some more consistency from the Atlanta Hawks. I still think they are one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, especially since the Eastern Conference is wide open. The Nets don't play defense, they don't even have Kyrie Irving right now. The Chicago Bulls look pretty good with DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Zach Levine, but how are they going to fare in the playoffs? Miami looks good. I think Kyle Lowry's been a good piece. Jimmy Butler's got to stay healthy. He is one of the players that can take over a game. Anytime you get a player that can just create your own shot, but plays a lot of minutes and stays healthy, those are good ingredients for an NBA team to dominate in this league. There really is no clear-cut favorite in the Eastern Conference, but right now, the best team in the NBA is the Golden State Warriors. The dynasty is back, everybody. Deal with it. I know they don't have James Wiseman or Clay Thompson right now, but the Golden State Warriors are a very well-run team, and Steph Curry is the greatest shooter on the planet. The Warriors are 13-2 right now. I cannot wait for these Christmas games. I really am excited about the Christmas games because I'm a basketball fan. And I know some of the guests I had on my show are big basketball fans. And hey, hit me up if you want to... Do a podcast together. All right. This weekend we have Major League Soccer playoffs, and Atlanta United will take on NYCFC in New York this Sunday on ABC. Can Atlanta United use the success that they had in their first three seasons of existence to try to get a playoff win? But right now, the odds on favorite to win the MLS Cup is the New England Revolution. How great would it be in the in the playoffs to see Atlanta and New England in Major League Soccer. I like to see these two teams meet. And really, I got a lot of friends up in Nashville. Congratulations to Nashville SC for making the playoffs in their second year of existence. They will take on Orlando in the first round, and that is going to be a home contest for Nashville SC. I'm hoping that Nashville and Atlanta could have a rivalry for years to come. Because I love both cities. Many of you know I used to live in Tennessee. All right. Did the voters get the baseball awards right? Shohei Itani wins the American League MVP. Bryce Harper wins the National League MVP. They need to stop calling this award the MVP. Why not call it the best player? Shohei Itani was the best player in Major League Baseball because not only did he hit, he also pitched. But really, did he Convert wins for the Los Angeles Angels Anaheim. They didn't even make the playoffs. Bryce Harper, I know he was the best player in the National League, but did he allow the Phillies to do better? If he was out of the lineup, would the Phillies still be a good team? I think it's a sham award. I know the Cy Young, you have to give it to the best pitcher. I know Corbin Burns for the Milwaukee Brewers. He was the best pitcher all year in the National League. Robbie Ray, the best pitcher all year in the American League. So congratulations to them. I love seeing the baseball awards. December is just around the corner. We will have the winter meetings. What is it going to take for the Atlanta Braves to re-sign Freddie Freeman? I've heard rumors that the New York Yankees is going to throw boatloads of money to Freddie. And is Freddie going to be intrigued by money? Is he going to get the biggest salary in Major League Baseball history? He already has his ring. Is he loyal to Atlanta? I felt the same way in 2014 when the Braves traded away Jason Hayward. I was devastated. Jason Hayward was my favorite player. And when the Braves traded him away, that was heartbreaking. Now, it worked out for the Braves because they traded Jason Hayward for pitcher Shelby Miller. Then they traded Shelby Miller to the Diamondbacks and got Dansby Swanson. I knew it started with an S, though. And Swanson did great as the hometown hero for the Atlanta Braves. Are you sure it's not Dansby Samsonite? I tell you what, I really am excited about this new Spider-Man movie coming up during Christmas. You know what movie I'm going to see while the rest of my family sees scene two? I will probably go see the new Spider-Man. They had the second trailer out, and they are just opening up the Spider-Universe. Doctor Strange is in it. Of course, you have all the villains from the original Spider-Mans. Are they going to create the Sinister Six? You have Doctor Octopus. You have the Green Goblin. You got the Sandman. You got Electro. They're all coming in it, but the big question is, and I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody, it's just a trailer. The big question is, will Tobey Maguire and Jesse Garfield make an appearance as the other Spider-Mans to help Peter Parker try to beat all these villains? That's the big question. I did see Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I have yet to see The Eternals. I'm kind of on the fence about that one. I've heard some good reviews about it. And a friend of mine told me that I need to go see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, because that is a very entertaining movie. I like the first Venom, but anytime I can actually talk about movies on this show, because it is a sports podcast, but I also get into a little bit of pop culture, and I like that. It's pretty cool, and hey, it's my podcast. So, there you go. Well, that's it. We really went through everything that's going on this weekend. You know, I just... Really blessed that I could do the show. And don't forget that next week is the Thanksgiving holiday. The kids are out of school. I will have a show on Monday and then I will have a show on Friday. So, Black Friday, I will have a show, but I will not have a show Wednesday, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So, next week, I'm going to two shows that week. During the Christmas and New Year's break, I will go to just two shows as well. But during the holiday season, I'll still try to do three shows. And every now and then I'll try to go on Facebook Live as I try to grow my audience. You know, you could find me on Twitter. You could find me on Facebook. I try to go Facebook Live. I have polls out on my Twitter page. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And subscribe to this podcast. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Cast. Radiocast, the podcast choice or wherever you get your podcast hope everybody has a great weekend i will talk to you monday as we recap everything that happened over the weekend enjoy everybody bye you've been listening to the sports beat with richard holdry we invite you to download and subscribe you can find us on anchor spotify google cast